Welcome to Watch Therefore. Our Savior Jesus told us to watch for His coming, and the signs that He spoke of are all around us shouting, Watch Therefore, and be ready. So join me, Dove Schwartz, as we learn to watch and prepare for the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Welcome to Watch Therefore. We're watching for our King, our Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus the Lord. He's coming for His people any moment. The signs are all around us. It can't be long now. He told His people, are you one of His people? He told His people to watch therefore, for you don't know the hour of the coming of the Son of Man. He also warned us to be ready. Dove Schwartz here in northern Israel, preparing for this King to come and proclaiming to all who will listen, get ready, King Jesus is coming any moment. Now, I am so thankful and so blessed because we have a special guest with us on the program, an Israeli believer in Messiah Yeshua, who I will introduce in just a moment. But first, I'd like to lead our listeners in a word of prayer. Oh, Holy Father in heaven, in Messiah Yeshua's name, we thank you for your kindness to us. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for the signs that are all around us you told us about because you're coming for us soon, Lord. And we ask you to bless this program, bless everyone who's listening today, that by the end of this program, we will be even more ready for your coming for us. Thank you, Abba Father, in Messiah Yeshua's name. Amen. Well, again, I am so blessed and thankful to have a special guest with me here sitting at my table. We're looking out at the water on which King Jesus walked, the Sea of Galilee, and I'm sitting here with my Jewish brother in Yeshua, and he has written a book. The book is called Why is Israel Supernatural? The author and guest of our pro on our program today is Messianic Rabbi Michael Zeitler. Michael, so wonderful to have you on the program today. Shalom, Dov. It's a blessing to be here. Yeah. And I am excited to be in this kind of setting, as you said, to be by the Sea of Galilee, the Canaret and to be just imagining the fact that he was walking in these very places that we are in right now. What a privilege. It's just absolutely amazing. Amen, amen. Now, here's what I'd like to do. Folks listen to me on this program a whole lot. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to ask you, share with our listeners a little bit about yourself um, and uh, a little bit about your getting to Israel, and of course, anything that is on your heart from this very special book. And by the way, we're going to share with our listeners how they can get their hands on this book um, before the program's over. So share some things with our listeners today, Michael. Thank you, Doug. Basically, I am Jewish through and through on my father and mother's side. And on my father's side, I'm from the tribe of Levi, also meaning that I am from the Kohanim, the Cone, on my mother's side. It means that from the tribe of Levi and the lineage of Aaron, Aaron, and all of that 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 entails. And on my father's side, the tribe of Benjamin. I knew nothing about anything, grew up in a Reformed Jewish home, didn't hear anything about Yeshua, Jesus, for many 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 years although when I was eight years old and this is interesting though uh, friends of mine who were Protestant and Catholic came home teachings that they received as children 
drove them to take a yellow broomstick and slam it down and scream and yell at me that I killed Jesus, that I was a Jew. At eight years of age, can you imagine me hearing something like that? Uh, you know, it's a, it's a horrible thing, and I'm, I'm glad that our listeners are hearing about this, not because, of course, that it's a good thing that it happened. It's a horrible thing that happened. But it's important that our listeners hear the kind of obstacles that, that many have put in front of Jewish people in terms of believing in their own Messiah. Continue, please. Thank you. And so they're screaming, you know, I go running home to my mother and my sister, you know, crying. And they, they had never heard in the Reformed synagogue anything like this. So for them, they were like, oh, my goodness, I don't even understand what's going on. But the amazing thing, and as God is my witness, this is true. From that point on, every time I heard the name Jesus mentioned, I'm not joking, I would smell baby's vomit. So needless to say, that was a great deterrent for me coming to know Yeshua, yeah. Yeah. to say the least. Yeah. And that went on all the way up to the time that I was 21 years of age. So here I have this, you know, tremendous deterrent and smelling this every time the name, or if I was in a Christian home and I knew I was in a Christian home, I'd smell it in their home. Horrible smell. And I continued to go on to be bar mitzvahed which is at the age of 13 to go through the rite of manhood in my congregation, and I continued on. But later on, as a Jewish person, if they don't get kind of locked into something, they're seeking. They're wandering Jews. We have that, you know, moniker, wandering Jews. And I became a wandering Jew, and uh, late in my late junior, early senior year of high school, I got involved in witchcraft. It was popular, and I was, quote-unquote, a white witch. Big deal. It isn't true. It is the deceptive side of witchcraft. It's all following the satanic. But we were against Satanists. I mean, you know, we were against anything that was black. So it's kind of like the Empire Strikes Back against the Force, and, you know, and the, no, it's not true. It's all satanic, and it's all a lie and deception. So for years, I was a witch. And, you know, learned witchcraft, studied witchcraft, did all these different things and crazy stuff. But it was all good because they believed that anything that you did to someone, if you did it to them, it would come back to you three times. They would say thrice, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, the King's English. And if you did something bad, it would also come back to you three times. So they obviously wanted to do good things. And that went on for many years. And then I got into something that in Hollywood is very popular, even today with many actors, not Scientology, but Nichiren Shoshu Buddhism. It's a Japanese form of Buddhism. Instead of praying to a, a big fat man, you pray to a scroll, which represents a reflection of your life, a mirror of your life. So you were a Jubu. I was a Jubu. <laughs> First a witch boo and then a Jubu, whatever, I don't know. Boo. And uh, so for many years I did that and well, you know, you get into these deceptions and the thing you pray, you pray all these prayers, chanting with beads and you and it sounds like a beehive when everybody's together doing it. And believe it or not, though, they actually had with this Nietzsche and Shoshu Buddhism <laughs> during the meetings in New York City where I was living at the time, we would go out midway in the meeting after we had our devotions, if you will, 
And we would go out, and what they called witnessing was in Japanese, shakabukuing. And we would go out and shakabuku in the street and tell people about this nature. So you were a jubu out shakabukuing. My goodness, you had wandered far from home, hadn't you? Yes, and trying to get them to come back to the meeting. Now, how does that happen today is evangelism, you know, and evangelistically speaking, we as Messianic believers and as Christian believers that we go out and we're trying to get people to hear the gospel and everything, and here I was doing it already, only (laughs) for the Yes, for the counterfeit. So that went on for years, and then finally... Uh, this is the weirdest thing, but people can go to celebratethemessiah.com and they can actually see a reenacted video with actors acting out this very uh, testimony that I'm wow. giving to you today that they can watch for themselves and see the actors acting out as me and everything else. Because I was into sex, drugs, and rock and roll beyond all the other stuff I just talked about, the drugs, the sex, and the rock and roll, and the witchcraft, and the Buddhism. I was a messed up Jew, to say the least. With a couple minutes to our first break, um, share with us how you receive Yeshua, because in the second part of the program, we want to make sure to hear about your book. Okay. Well, I went to see at 21 years of age, Jesus Christ Superstar, in Peru, Lima, Peru, of all places. That's where I ended up, with my girlfriend, And before that, remember the baby's vomit? Well, God delivered me through that movie. People would say, nothing nothing can be redemptive of that movie. Well, God can use anything. And he used that movie, and I was set free and delivered from that smell, singing Jesus Christ Superstar. And it took another eight years, roughly, from that point in time, to bring me, at 30 years of age, actually a little more than that, so 10 years, to bring me at 30 years of age to a full gospel businessmen's dinner. And at that dinner, a Jewish man, Joe Cohn, who's still a friend of mine, he led me to the Lord and explained his testimony of, you know, drugs and alcohol and gambling. And from that, I prayed to accept Yeshua Jesus as my Lord and Master and got rid of all the witchcraft things that I still carried around with me, little amulets and, you know, different things, and got rid of the Buddhism stuff, everything, renounced it, burned it later on when I was involved with a congregation and burning it, all of this. And it was a radical thing that I came to the Lord, ran home to my party animal loving wife, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. We were both party animals to the max, and she was shocked. And she was very turned off. And then I ran to all my party animal friends. Somebody should have locked me in a closet for a while, though, and said, you know, you need to be discipled. We need to teach you how to very gradually be a light and shine your light, and then you can let them know why. Instead of a floodlight, right? Instead of a floodlight, and they got turned off. They put the cross up in front of me, literally, and said, keep away, keep away, keep away. And then finally, I went to my family. And they had seen me as a witch. They had seen me as a Buddhist. They had seen all these different things. They said, oh, it's just another phase. But the final straw that broke the camel's back with them, we're at the family gathering of our Passover that we have every year as a family, wherever we happen to be in what location, but it's all family. 
and they're having the Passover, and I'm explaining the little bit of understanding about Yeshua in this Passover. Hallelujah. They said, that's it. No more. You can't come to any more family gatherings. We don't want to see you anymore. We don't want to know from you anymore. We love you, but you can't come to any of our things anymore. No more celebrations that I grew up with. No more. It's done. You did it. You're finished. You know, um, it's a wonderful thing that they heard the truth about who was coming to dinner, like the old Sidney Poitier movie, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Yes, yes. Yeshua is at the Passover table, but it's more than they could bear at that moment. And um, I, uh, having a Jewish family, experienced similar things when I first shared with my family that I believed in Yeshua. It was during the Passover season. Oh. And it was a very challenging thing for them to hear as well. So I bear witness and understand exactly what you're saying. But there's this burden for them to know that we have and we share. Um, we're going to take a break for just a moment. And in this break, I, I just want to remind our listeners of this ministry we have called Blessing Israeli Believers. You can go to BlessingIsraeliBelievers.com and find more out about this ministry we have where we partner with many different Israeli believers that are doing exciting things here in Israel. And also what I'd like to do is I'd like to give our listeners an opportunity uh, to get this very special book, Why is Israel Supernatural, that you'll be talking more about in just a moment. But first, would you share, Michael, with our listeners how they can get this book? And, and we'll do this again at the end of the program. By all means, Dove. It's at Amazon.com. And just do a search for Why Israel is Supernatural, and they'll be able to purchase their own book. That's great. That's great. And before we go away, uh, back into the program, uh, we, we also want to remind our listeners that you can go to watchtherefore.tv. That's watchtherefore.tv. Also listen to the contact information at the end of the program. We trust the Lord to keep us on the air. Our help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Yet if you want to partner with him, if he puts on your heart by his spirit to to keep this show on the air, that you want this program to continue. Listen to the contact information at the end of the program. Go to watchtherefore.tv. Also, when you help sponsor Blessing Israeli Believers at blessingisraelibelievers.com, you also help keep Watch Therefore on the air. Having said that, Michael, now you've repented of the foolishness and the wandering. You've come to the shepherd of our souls. You're, you're one of his sheep, Messiah Yeshua is your Lord. And, and now... You're in Israel, and you've written this book, Why is Israel Supernatural? I'm so glad to get to spend some time on our program for you to share and even answer this question. Michael, why is Israel supernatural? Thank you, Dov. Thanks for asking that question. It leads into the understanding of so many different aspects of Israel. First of all, it was a, a dead nation. There was nothing after 2,000 years, for the most part, all of the Jewish people, for the most part, have been driven out by the Roman Empire and those that came later, uh, you know, the Turks, the Ottoman Empire, and what have you, just eradicating any real Jewish understanding of this wonderful country that we live in now, of what is God's land, and that the Lord has blessed this land, and His name is on this land, and people don't realize that. But the Lord said in Isaiah, can a country be established in a moment? Can a nation be established? And it was. In May of 1948, a miracle took place that no one ever thought 
would happen. But the prophecy was fulfilled. And God did it. That alone makes Israel supernatural. I mean, we don't have Babylon (laughs) revived from the ashes. And here today is no such thing. But Israel was no more. And today, it's a miracle. Am Israel Chai. Am Israel Chai. And you know, there were over 80 different people groups, over 80 different nations that were represented in 1948. And the amazing thing is, to unite them all together, it was almost like the Tower of Babel before that. How could they all communicate with one another when they go shopping, when they do this, when they want to go wherever? They couldn't. But Ben-Gurion and all of those coming together at that time, Joseph, Joseph Eleazar and others, they came together and they said, you know what? We have a language, a common language from the past, from our ancient past, and we're going to revive this language, and it's going to be the common tongue of our nation, Hebrew. Dov, it was a dead language, like Assyrian is a dead language. Babylonians had a language. They're dead. Those languages aren't spoken anymore, to my knowledge. But Hebrew became revived and came literally out of the grave, hallelujah, to become a revived new language. And we just said it, hallelujah. Hallelujah, that's right. That's right. And you hear that all over the world. You hear it in Africa. You hear it in China. How do they praise God? How do they say hallelujah in Chinese? Hallelujah. How do they say it in Swahili? Hallelujah. All over the world. And this common tongue now is resurrected from the dead. That's a miracle. That's why Israel is supernatural. And there's another point. You know, I don't know if your, your father or your grandfather or your great-grandfather ever carried a pocket watch. But pocket watches are, are watches, you know, they'd be carrying their pocket and they'd take it out and they'd look at it and they'd say, oh, okay, it's time for this appointment or okay, it's time for dinner or okay, it's time for some whatever event. Israel is God's timepiece. It's his pocket watch. It's his timepiece <laughs> time that he bases everything on of what is going to happen in the last days. Mm-hmm. We can look at the scriptures in Zechariah. We can look at the scriptures in Ezekiel. We can look at the scriptures in Isaiah. We can look at the scriptures in the Brit Hadashan, the New Testament, and we can see the fulfillment based upon God's establishment of Israel as TikTok. Tick-tock, tick-tock, the pocket watch began ticking in 1948 to cause what's going to take place in these last days. And we're in the last days. You know that. We're in the the last of the last days. Yes, we are. I'm glad you said that. It's true. I mean, some people are like, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. It's seriously true. And people need to get right with the Lord because time is very short. And so this pocket timepiece, if you will, is what God is monitoring and using for these last days. And so many things took place, even in 1948. Now, what are you saying, Michael? I'm asking you a question rhetorically. And the answer is, in reality, Israel is not only a timepiece for the Lord, 
But whatever happens with Israel, the natural Israel, eventually affects the spiritual Israel, the body of Messiah, and eventually affects the world. That's right. Now, I want to do this. Uh, Michael, what I want to do is leave our listeners, in terms of your book and testimony, with that. I, I think it's so important that all of our listeners get your book, and you've given them a, a, a taste, and the details are in the book. And they can go to CelebrateTheMessiah.com. That's CelebrateTheMessiah.com and get any information they want to get. Or even, with your permission, sign up for our newsletter that goes out free by email once a month, and we will send it to everyone in the world that listens. That's wonderful. I want to do this, though. I want to leave you a minute or two to pray for our listeners. You said that people need to get right, and I said at the beginning of the program we need to be ready, and these things are synonymous. Would you pray now for our listeners? in regards to the things we've discussed on the program today. I'd be honored to, Dov. In these last few minutes, the reality is whether you believe it or not, you can look in the newspaper, you can look in the magazines, you can look on the TV, you can look in the media, you can look on internet, and you will see that many, many things, many events that are taking place today are lining up with the Word of God. The Word of God is showing you now what is happening and why we are, as Dov said, in the last of the last days. You could scoff. You could say, I have plenty of time. Or you could say, oh, this is a bunch of nonsense. I don't even know why I turned this channel here and is turning the dial on the radio. But the reality is you are listening because the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, has convicted you to bring you to this very time in this very place. And you might have heard the same thing over and over and over again. But the reality is that you have to make a decision, a decision before the window of opportunity is closed. In the Word of God, it says that now is the day of salvation for you. So you can pray with me right now. Just bow your head wherever you are, anywhere in the world, anywhere at all where you're listening, in your kitchen, in the car, in the living room, walking. Right now, just say, I repent. I do teshuva. I turn away from that which has caused you to be in grief over me, Lord. All the sin, whatever it might be. And I ask that your precious blood would wash my sin away. That you died on the cross for me. And now I ask you to come into my heart, Lord, and make me a new creation. Change me that I might be new, that I might be changed, that I might forever be able to worship you. And help me to read your word, to grow in your word and to find other believers right now and let them know what I've done so that I can be discipled, so I can grow in you and my life will be changed forever. If you did that, write to Dove right now. Let him know what you've done and he will be there to support you and others will be there to support you and your life will never be the same again. In Yeshua's name, we seal this today. Amen and amen. Thank you, Michael. So great to have you on the program. Very quickly, share with our listeners how they can even financially partner with your work and ministry and life, even here in Israel. Thank you so much, Dov, for that opportunity. They can go to, ready? CelebrateTheMessiah.com. That's CelebrateTheMessiah.com. 
Well, again, so great to have you with us. And I tell all of our listeners this when we close the program. Remember to watch, therefore, Messiah Jesus is coming any moment. Thanks for listening today. And please join me every day, Monday through Friday, unless our Lord Jesus returns for us this week. This program is listener-supported and depends on tax-deductible donations to stay on the air. Give to Watch Therefore and contact me through our website at watchtherefore.tv. You can also send tax-deductible donations to Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Caroland, Texas, 77588. Again, by the web, watchtherefore.tv, and mail, Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Caroland, Texas, 77588. You can also call me right now at 713-624-0943. That's 713-624-0943. Keep watching for Messiah Jesus.